giving is a part of that bigger purpose. It's a platform for that value add we strive to add to our community, not just with our professionalism and the service that we provide, but then also with the resources and the dollars that come in is to utilize the business as a platform. Our founder, Christine Gillette, has always said, Freedom 424 has given the opportunity to do a little or a lot, but nothing is not an okay answer. We all can do something in the fight against human trafficking. In season three, we are talking to educators and business owners, lawyers and college students, because we all have a part to play in bringing freedom and justice to victims and survivors of sexual exploitation and trafficking. Our vision at Freedom 424 is to live in a world where slavery is eradicated and justice prevails. And we do this together. I'm Jillian Shaw, and this is the Compelled Podcast. Today, we are speaking with local Lynchburg business owners who are using their resources to support the work of Freedom 424. Our first conversation is with Daryl and Johanna Calfi. The Calfis have been invested with Freedom 424 in various roles and capacities, including Johanna serving on the staff and board, and they are currently using their business ventures to give back. Johanna, to start, I'd really love to hear how it all began for you. So for me, it's 2009 Uh and Christine Gillette, our founder, her family has been really dear to us for a long time. She had founded Freedom 424. Uh We had participated in the early iteration of the organization and she, you know, just kind of kept telling the stories about the girls over there. And I came from a background in journalism and I certainly heard of human trafficking, but it it never really connected to me in a way that I thought like, this kind of can't be real, you know, like to the level of of what she's speaking. I I need to go see this for myself. And so she invited uh, Daryl and I to come that year. And four days before I got on the plane, I found out I was pregnant with our first wow. uh, child. But we just knew we were supposed to go. And wow. so we got on the plane, you know, just act of faith, like that we're going into an unknown, like Daryl was saying. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it felt scary yeah, to course. fly all the way around the world yeah. and into a place you've never been, into this, you know, this place that you have this perception of. Right. But the worst part was definitely the red light districts and being fully immersed in that world for 10 days. And it hit me like a freight train. Yeah. Just, wow. You know, as, as a female, as an American, mm-hmm. as, you know, all these layers that we have on our, our perception of life, mm-hmm. just to see that decimated in one night in yeah. Nana Plaza, it crushed me. Right. And I, like Christine, like many other women before and since that point, you know, Benita being a prime example at beginnings have mm-hmm. said, okay, what do I need to do to affect change mm-hmm. here? And came back and, you know, began to do what I felt like my role and mm-hmm. my job was in that at that time. And that morphed over the years. Johanna, you've been many of times mm-hmm. to Thailand. How many? Eight or nine. Wow. Okay. In the last decade. Yeah, that's yeah. impressive. So yeah. was there a story that or a woman that you encountered there that really impacted you and made you want to come back and do even more? Absolutely. I mean, there's, I can see faces of many women. I would say every time you go, it's a, it's a new person, Mm -hmm. you know, or it's, it's almost like the profile of a person who represents everything you see. But as with all humans, we have that connection point with someone specific and we kind of carry them back in our mind, in our memory. Um, So the first time I was there, it was a woman from Soy Cowboy and she had been working there. She was into her 40s. She was gorgeous, Mm -hmm. but she was older. And um, we were at the Christmas party and I sat at her table and she knew English really well, Mm -hmm. which at the time I didn't didn't know because it was my first time, but quickly figured out that if you're speaking to a Thai who knows English pretty well, they've probably been in the red light districts for quite a while. Oh, Um, because that's how they learn English. And so she was carrying on a full conversation with me. Mm -hmm. And I just, I felt connected to her, Mm -hmm. you know, in the the sense of 
not like I wanted to quote unquote save her, but I just, I wanted to know more of her story. I wanted to understand Mm -hmm. on a personal level what that dynamic felt like for a woman who Mm -hmm. went to work in a red light district every day. And I remember asking her, you know, her name is Na. And I said, Na, do you enjoy what you do? Mm -hmm. And she said, no one enjoys what we do, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, but it's what we have to do. And knowing what Bonita has taught us, Mm -hmm. what Anne taught us over the years about just the economic, social, family dynamics, I mean, poverty, just all the layers that go into a person like Na being Mm -hmm. in a place well into her 40s, right? you know, in in a red light district selling herself over and over Mm -hmm. again. Again, it was one more piece of the puzzle for me to say, okay, (laughs) for whatever reason, you know, I was born in America mm-hmm. and have privilege and opportunity and have a voice, mm-hmm. you know, and what am I to do with that? Yeah. And what am I to do with that for Na, mm-hmm. you know, for Quan, for B, for, I mean, the hundreds and hundreds of women that I've interacted with over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, every time I go, there's a new ripple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I, the first time I went to Patia, it, not that you become des- desensitized, but you, when you go over and over, you're like, okay, I know the lay of the land. I know how to lead other women into that. I know how to sort of usher them into this process. Right. But going to a new place like Patia just flattened me all over again, just to see what was happening there. Um, Going to India Mm -hmm. was another piece of that, you know, hearing Daryl's experiences in Uganda. Like, it's just, you start to get a larger picture of the enormity Mm -hmm. um, and also how it looks different in every country. Mm -hmm. And for me, it just made me want to fight more, Mm -hmm. you know, and do the work that we get to do here Mm -hmm. and, and also there to impact you know, change for that one person at a time. Yeah. I think some people can wonder, like, if I'm not on the front lines, like if I'm not there fighting it, how am I supposed to do that when I get back? And I I would imagine it can be very overwhelming. You just saw this crazy world and now you're going back to a very, for the most part, safe country where you don't have to fear that everywhere. How did you handle the intensity of the fight coming back and knowing if I don't do something, then maybe I'm just leaving them behind. But what am I to do now? It's a great question. I remember standing in my closet after we got home and a few months pregnant and recognizing that my role is not to be there on the ground. Mm -hmm. And to your point, so what does that mean? For me, I'll just speak personally. You know, I've been invested in 424 in different ways since Mm -hmm. 2008. I was on staff for a while. I was on the board. I was, you know, back and forth. And it's come in waves in terms of hope and despair. Yeah. (laughs) Just between feeling like you can help make change for Mm -hmm. one person at a time and also despair that there's so many. Right. You know, and so for me, and I know for many of the people who've worked at Freedom 424 and other anti-trafficking NGOs, uh-huh. I think the mindset has to become that one at a time. Yeah. And I love where Joy and the team have taken Freedom 424 in the prevention and awareness yeah. aspect. I mean, it's so critical uh-huh. because there, if I'm a person, you know, 12 years ago who was unaware of the enormity and the impact of human trafficking, right. that represents so many more. Uh-huh. And the work that they're doing to just explain uh-huh. what is happening in the world and to grip people's hearts to care, to invest in their ways. Yep. Everybody has a different path. Yes. And so I think like anything else in life, you just kind of ask the simple question of what is mine to do? Mm-hmm. For each of us, that's something a little different, yep. but it ultimately comes down to that one-to-one impact. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm curious to, this is kind of like a quick question, but being that you were pregnant right during and then coming back after that first trip, was there a different type of fight in you knowing like, I need to make a difference for my children, like, and the children's children? Was that something different that you experienced or? 
I think so. And it's certainly, it, you know, that only increased when we found out that our firstborn was a girl. Yeah. I went pregnant with my second child to Thailand. She was a girl, wow. you know, and so you, it's easy. And that, that plays back into that, that one-to-one thing where yep. you, you can project the image of your own daughter, yeah. you know, into the lives of those women who are young, mm-hmm. you know, who have so much vibrancy, so much to give to the world and they're trapped, yeah. that they're stuck. And there's different levels of that. And it looks different in each country, but it ultimately like it comes down to there is very little choice. Yeah. Um, and to know that my daughters get to walk through the world with in almost insurmountable choice, right? you know, mm-hmm. it yeah. fuels anger, it fuels yeah. fight, it fuels a sense of you want to make the world a more just place. Yeah, I love that. I respect that a lot. So you guys are business owners, and you have used your businesses to fight human trafficking. Can you kind of tell us more about that? Yeah, I would say um, it started with some of our first business. So originally, we were owners of a local magazine called Lynchburg Living. Okay. And at that time, Johanna was the editor. I was kind of the creative person. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, uh, when our finances weren't what they are today, I think we used our voice. Okay. So I would tell anybody that's looking to support Freedom 424, hey, how can I help? Number one was your voice, right? Yeah. So we used what we had at that time. Joe gave Freedom 424 platform in the magazine. It was often in the best of for nonprofits in the area, Very like cool. that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And then, then it started with the races being a part of that. Mm-hmm. And then it started with, at that time, Joe was producing the gala. So okay. that was a, a moment where we got to give back and be a part of it and make a donation. And then it became a monthly thing, right? Yeah. I think it was 24 bucks a month or whatever it was. And then you increased that and I went at you. <laughs> <laughs> so those were those small ways. And then as we became more and more active in real estate, mm-hmm. Joe and I um, love to restore and rebuild old homes. Oh, and cool. a lot of times when we flip one of those homes, we'll take a portion of the profit and we'll give back to somebody in town, whether it's an individual or a nonprofit. And it's been 3 and 4, 24 multiple times. And then the last thing that I would kind of throw in there is that Joe has been an expert Enneagram teacher for the last three years. (laughs) Oh, we could talk Enneagram all day. (laughs) Love it. Which is a whole other thing. Whole other thing, yeah. So rather than um, Joe getting paid personally to do that, often what she did was she said, hey, instead of paying me, I want you to just make a donation. To That's incredible. So it was just so cool to see like her using her gifts and talents yep. to support the organization and to really combat human trafficking mm-hmm. with what her gifts were, not necessarily going right at yep. human trafficking. And so I would encourage anybody out there who's listening to this podcast, like you say, oh man, I can't even afford 24 bucks a mm-hmm. month. Okay, I've just given you three to four ways that you can do it yep. without even coming out of pocket. Yeah. But then the last thing is monthly giving, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is a way for you to figure out how to donate $24 a month, which is how the, this group came to be mm-hmm. in the beginning anyway. And I would challenge you to double that, right? Yeah. So there are ways to do it. And today um, our finances have changed and we're so grateful for mm-hmm. that. And so our donations to Freedom 424 look, look different. Yeah. I think that's a great point of just wherever you're at, mm-hmm. you can do something. Yeah. You can make a difference. And having worked on staff for years, I know the power and the importance yeah. of that monthly right. base mm-hmm. for Freedom 424 to count on every month yeah. mm-hmm. so that they can meet their obligations or their commitments mm-hmm rather to the partners around the world, including here in the U.S., yeah. you know, so that they can have resources to put on races and to put on galas. Like it, Sal Ferlisi, the CFO, yeah. uh, says money equals ministry. Okay. And I think that's a beautiful way to put it. It yeah. is. You know, sometimes we cringe. We're like, well, where are you going? And, and Freedom mm-hmm. 424 has such transparency yeah. in that. Yeah. And I love that. And I would encourage anybody that has questions like, ask. Just know at the end of the day that money equals ministry, Mm -hmm. right? And those of us who can, should, 
And those of us who maybe can't should do, mm-hmm. you know, like there is a number of what yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I think the last thing there is that as somebody who had seen the insides of not only Freedom 424, but also uh, sports outreach and the ministries that these guys support on mm-hmm. the ground in the locations that they're at. I can tell you that those dollars that you donate are not going towards salaries. They're not going towards a big, beautiful building. I mean, we're literally sitting in the building now that headquarters both of those organizations, Mm -hmm. and it's a painted center block space. (laughs) And the ladies that are working next door um, are not getting huge salaries. In fact, a lot of them are donating their time. And they could be doing something else. And as a person who grew up in West Virginia, um, and knowing that Freedom 424 supports a home there in West Virginia for those women who come from one of the poorest areas of the country, right, and are fighting the opioid crisis on a daily basis. And also being somebody that's been on the ground, not only in Thailand, but specifically in Uganda, and seeing those connections as well. I think Freedom 424 has done such good work with the limited resources that Mm -hmm. they've been given. And as they've been given more, I've seen them be faithful with that as well. That's awesome. As business owners, have you seen personal benefits and honestly, and like blessing of being so generous and like putting like another focus on your business as far as just like making money and finding stuff, which is important. Don't get me wrong. But like you guys chose from the beginning to use what you had every opportunity. And even with that growth to give back, have you seen like it come back double fold you give because you love you know and love doesn't have fear it doesn't hold too tight thing, to mm-hmm. things um and yes we have been given much mm-hmm. you know and but i also think it there's not it's not magic mm-hmm. you know you hustle you work hard you have integrity you do mm-hmm. what you say you're going to do you give you're generous you're open-handed mm-hmm. right yep if there's magic to it maybe that's the formula yeah. you know and yeah. listen we fa- we have failed you know, mm-hmm. we have messed up. We are not perfect individuals, mm-hmm. but we have continued to see it's like a flow. It's like a river, mm-hmm. right? And you keep pouring and the river pours out and yeah. it just flows, you know, and it comes back to you and you put back into it. And um, there's beauty in that, yeah. you know, but that's not why. You why. Do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, your why. What compels you in the fight against human trafficking? I think it's just seeing it in person. You're right. There are a lot of places that we could choose to donate our money. Mm -hmm. We could choose to be generous in a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. But we've chosen this space because we've seen it in person. Mm -hmm. I've also seen what it does in my wife. I see every time she's on the ground, every time she has a personal interaction with these women, that this is their daily life. Yeah. Um, She has a heart for it. And so that has changed the way... Um, our pocketbook looks. If you open up our checkbook, you can find out where you really value things, yeah. right? Where your heart yeah. really is. And so if you open up the Calfee's checkbook, you're going to find out that we love Me Patron. <laughs> <laughs> we value Mexican food. <laughs> and you're going to find that we value generosity. And I do that. I'd show that to anybody today. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think it's just the place that we've chosen. Mm-hmm. It's the place that we love. Um, whether that's Thailand, Uganda, West Virginia, we know that our dollars are going towards helping these women specifically um, who are in situations that we've had the blessing of not having to have ourselves or our children. Yeah. I think for me, it's the why has remained the same, but it's looked different over the years okay. in, in each season. And I think right now we're, we're in this really strange time yeah. where the world feels just uh, uncertain and yeah. scary and hard. And 
when I pull back and still look at my position in the world because I just happened to be born here. Yeah. I can still look across the water and I can see all those women's faces. Yeah. And I, can, I can say, no matter what is happening here in the States, mm-hmm. it is never going to compare yeah. to that. And it is my role and mm-hmm. our role, the collective, we continue to change the world yeah. really in um, how women are valued and justice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just so many things, right? And yeah. so if you need a reason to hope in 2020, I think it's still that you can make a difference, right? You know, one person at a time, one dollar at a time. And I think that's something we, we all need right now. Yeah, hope. That's a beautiful word. And I feel like I've heard it a lot lately. And I think I'm sure the women over there who are going through that, like that's something that they would cling to more than ever. And so thank you guys for sitting down with us and talking. Thank you for using your business and your personal lives and stories to impact people and to bring awareness to the fight against human trafficking. We appreciate y'all. It's an honor. Awesome. Thanks. In continuing our conversation with business owners who are compelled in the fight for freedom and justice, we wanted to speak with local business owner and faithful Freedom 424 supporter, Carl Miller. Carl is the principal broker of Carl Miller Realty and currently lives in Lynchburg, Virginia with his wife, Alice, and two children. Carl, thanks so much for being on with us today. My pleasure, Emily. It's good to be on the show with you today. Yeah, thank you. I would love uh, for you to start out by just telling us your story of how you were first introduced to Freedom 424. It was back in, what was the year Freedom 424 was founded? 2009, is that correct? 2009, yes. So I think the first time I heard of Freedom 424 was when the very first 5K race was run in Lynchburg. And I was training a little bit. I just started running and I was in my mid-30s, give Uh or take. And I just started to run just to kind of stay in shape. And long story short, I heard about this 5K race that was going to be happening through Freedom 420. Honestly, it was probably on the on a poster at the okay. YMCA. And so I <laughs> never heard of Freedom 420, a new organization. But then I learned about their mission, which was to... Today, it's, of course, to raise awareness about human mm-hmm. trafficking. And I was just intrigued by the story of you know the founder, Christine, going over to Thailand. It just, that, uh, you know, it just kind of resonated like, oh my gosh, here's an organization that's providing hope to people who are in slavery and who don't have hope. And even for a day or two, just giving that hope. And I don't know, it just kind of resonated with me. That's awesome. So Freedom 424 got its nonprofit status in 2009, but our Mm -hmm. first Run for Their Lives race was actually in 2008. So you've been with us for, what, 13 years now. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I I don't think I was a sponsor the very first one. I might have been, but then the second race, maybe it was. I don't honestly, it's going back a while, but I do remember I had the opportunity to help sponsor this race. And and I just wanted to do that because I, I just, and I thought the mission really aligned with what the name, even your name. Name, you know, it started out to provide freedom for 40, for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and then through that, I kind of developed a relationship with, at that time, the, the president of the organization and just yeah. stayed in touch. And so, yeah, I think that's how I was first introduced. I ran a 5K race. And then out of that, kind of it grew over the years as I got a little bit more involved. Yeah. So speaking of that, you've given uh, more than $30,000 over the last seven years, which is as far back as my records go. Um, And you've been a key business in our organization year after year. You give generously to fight for women and girls around the world. Why do you do it? Our company, we, we have some core values. And, and one of our core values is to give generously to our community with 
time, resources, and knowledge, and we seek to add value. And, you know, I think, you know, Jesus said in the Bible that of whom much is given, much is required. And we've always, I've always strived to be generous with time, talents, abilities, and resources in the community. And I like the fact that Freedom 424 is local to Lynchburg, which is where I live, work, and play, <laughs> as our city's slogan is. And, and for me, it just makes sense to partner with a local organization. I feel like it's just part of being able to honor the Lord with my life, with my giving, because I understand that everything that comes to me was given to me. And I saw an illustration of years ago on stage where a guy was talking about money and the blessings of money. And you know, if you try to hold on to it, if you can imagine standing on stage and holding your arms out with with a and, and closing and having your hands open with an open palm, money can easily come in, it can easily go out again. But if you try to clench your fist and hold on to it, those dollar bills are inside the fists now. Yes, that money's not leaving your hands, but you're also preventing money from coming into your hands as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that philosophy of just being generous, uh, I kind of believe that you can't outgive the work of the Lord in your life. And as a Christian, as a believer, it's something that's important to me. And it's a core value of our of our business is to, to be generous, um, yeah. not just with our time, resources, and knowledge, but also with our funds. Thanks for sharing that analogy. Um, What would you say to other business owners who want to make their work meaningful and support something greater, but don't know where to start? There's a lot of value in giving. And there's a lot of value in sharing, again, of your time and resources to others who are in need. And I, I can't make any business owner do that. But I also know that life is bigger than ourselves. And if you don't have something bigger than yourself that you're working towards, even as a goal for your own life as a business owner, I mean, every business owner has the same issues. We have time crunches. We have a lot of times money crunches. We have the balance of being a CEO, You know, all the decisions that make into running a business. And then there's the financial aspects. There's taxes and you know employee payroll. There's just all these different moving parts as a business owner. But I also know that if you're going to run a successful business, you have to have goals. You have to have a direction that you're driving the ship in, Mm -hmm. in order to be successful. And I just feel like giving is a part of that bigger purpose. It's a platform for that value add we strive to add to our community, not just with our professionalism and the service that we provide, but then also with the resources and the dollars that come in is to utilize the business as a platform for ministry. Now, I'm speaking as a you know, follower of Christ, someone who, you know, that's that's a core value of mine. I know there's other businesses that don't, but one of the things I know in just studying and talking to other business owners, one key common thread that business owners have that that are successful is they do give, and I find it just fascinating. And what I find is that the business owners that are worth many more zeros than me, many more zeros on the back of their net worth, they give generously. They give incredibly generously. And they didn't start giving when they got to $10 million or $100 million. They were giving when their businesses were worth less than 100 or their net worth was less than $100,000. But that wealth and that generosity almost multiplies. I don't know if that answers your question, but I just I just say that as a business owner, budget a section out to give because I, I just find you can't outgive the income. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent point. You did not start out by sponsoring the race at 5,000 or 10,000 or the gala. You started out by paying $24 to run in our race. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you started out small. And um, I think that's something that we are always trying to get across to people is that you don't have to support us at a $100,000 level. That would be amazing. And if you're listening to that, to this, and you can support us at $100,000, please do. <laughs> but you don't have to do that to make a difference. Um, like yourself, you ran in the race for many years at $24. And our tr- Carl, you are truly and have have already made a difference in our organization and therefore lives of women and girls across the world. So number one, thank you so much for that. Thank you and your family and your team for uh, always supporting us. I know all of us in the office could say the same thing um, whenever we are just in a tight spot or need advice or need connections. You're always one of the names that comes up. (laughs) Mm. So we truly thank you for that, for always supporting us and being there for us. But yeah, start small. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, we have the ability to add value to others, whether your net worth is, you know, again, $100,000 or whether it's $10 million. It's it's kind of the same. So yeah, no, thank you for saying that, Emily. And we're just honored to be able to contribute in a small way Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah, because the reality is, is that we all enjoy providing, we all need somebody to provide hope and mentorship in our lives. And so I grew up on a dairy farm and, you know, I was broke and didn't really have a lot of vision. And uh, I had a mentor that when I was worked at a summer camp one summer, just really pulled me aside and spoke a lot of positive and truth into my life. And I realized I wasn't living up to my potential and I had so much more inside, right? So mm-hmm. the reason I think that the whole hope theme just resonates so much with me is because other people have poured hope and pulled my strengths out of me. Mm-hmm. And so I think what I love about what Freedom 424 does is that Freedom 424 is speaking hope into people and, and, and showing people an alternative path in life. And I just, I just love that. I just, that really resonates with with me. Yeah. So kind of in line with that, um, this is something that we ask all of our guests on our podcast. What compels you in this fight for freedom and justice? Well, again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I know that God and Jesus Christ have given me so much. And and I think when you think about the spirit of the very familiar Bible verse of John 3, 16, where God gave his only son, like he gave his son and gave the most valuable gift that God could have given to, to mankind. And Jesus was willing to do that. So I just, when I think about that character of God, like he is a giver and, and it's just, it's, it's just, all inspiring. It's very humbling to me as a business owner. Like, why would I not participate in that as well? Because I've been given so much. And again, back to that scripture I mentioned earlier, that whom much is given, much is required. And I just feel like it's just part of who I am. You know, what compels me in this fight is to is to provide, you know, hope and freedom and justice in some small way. And I know it's, you know, you're taking the, you're the ones that really are doing the work because you're taking, you're, you're making all the connections and you're finding places for the resources to go. But I think with what you're doing, Emily, and the other staff at Freedom 424, making the connections and hearing the stories and literally crying with the people that you're serving, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like you're really in the fight. And so if we can help support that in some small way. Yeah. And we cannot truly, truly, truly could not do what we do without you. Um, And so many other people and businesses and organizations like you who generously support Freedom 424. In one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about how it takes money to fight money. Mm -hmm. And trafficking is a $150 billion a year industry. 
So mm-hmm. we cannot fight it if we don't mm-hmm. have money. So thank you for uh, faithfully and generously supporting Freedom 424 over the last 13 years. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you for all that you've done for us and will continue to do for us as well. Hey, this is Jacqueline, the Director of Communications and Marketing at Freedom 424. If you are a business owner and you are inspired by today's podcast, I want to invite you to become a corporate community partner. Corporate community partners are businesses and corporations that generously give to prevent and end human trafficking locally and globally. By becoming a corporate community partner, you will receive special invitations to our Freedom Gala, have access to prevention education for your staff, and more. Head to our website at freedom424.org business to learn how you can partner with Freedom 424 today. If you are interested in joining us in the fight against human trafficking, visit our website at freedom424.org. We have many ways to get involved, such as trips, fundraisers, and becoming a Freedom 424 ally. Your support of $24 or more a month helps women with the medical expenses, food, and education. Consider becoming an ally today and help these exploited women at freedom424.org slash ally. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freedom424. Thank you for listening.